thank you for joining our podcast today. My name is Nikki Regan. I'm the Director of Commercial Strategy here at ATPI. Today, I'm joined by Jamie Finney, the Head of Travel for NES Faircroft. With over 100 offices in 45 countries, Jamie has a global remit managing, around, managing travellers around the world. Travel hasn't been seen in the most positive light recently, and today Jamie and I will be discussing what it means to be a business traveller today. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks very much for having me, Nikki. Great. So, first of all, Jamie, one of the things that we were thinking about is actually, who is the business traveller today and who's travelling and has that changed? So, who is your business travellers today, NES? Um. Our business travellers today, uh, I would say uh, we have kind of split our traveller group community really into two. So we have a large travelling contractor community um, because obviously we're a workforce solutions provider and we um, send a large uh, proportion of our workforce out to, uh, to, to various locations around the world for jobs that, that we have from our clients. Uh, that's actually about 80 percent of our of our total travel and they really haven't stopped traveling throughout the pandemic they have slowed down uh, obviously through the pandemic but they, they they've been what I would term people who travel to work rather than travel for work um, in terms of our people who travel for work our, our staff members um, we have a, a we, we have a large travel uh, staff spend as well they they are more kind of we have sort of group functions um and and sort of people who head up group functions like myself you know we've got a global remit but there's other people in commercial and it and and hr and marketing that have a similar remit um, but the main people who travel obviously we're a sales organization first and foremost so we have a, a large sales team around the world and and they they have been traveling i think the interesting thing that i've seen as well particularly at the start when things started to open up is a desire to uh, for people to get back together so there was a kind of la large sort of uh, meeting um, meeting and events sort of travel that happened which was kind of very unexpected did you see that as well Nikki? Yeah we did that's exactly right I mean we saw the same as you so we had this continuous traveller throughout the pandemic that that was in the industries such as uh, NES and also our media and entertainment clients they continued to travel albeit more challenging with the um, yeah, yeah. shutdown of the countries. But then you're right, as soon as travel started to come back, there was, first of all, it seemed to be the, the C-suite exec levels that sort of started getting out and seeing their people. And then there were the meeting events where teams got back together. Um, there were, most of it was domestic, I have to say, that we saw. So for a client whose head office was based in the UK, being UK, if they were based in NL, they tended to be domestic group meetings. That now has expanded to regional or global meetings, and that's continued for us. Um, the challenges are slightly different for us because you've got people coming in from all over the world. So you've got different rules and regulations for those people going to that meeting. For your um, first group of travellers that were travelling throughout the pandemic, so the 80%, is travel today any different for them than it was during the pandemic? Obviously, I think probably getting from A to B in itself is easier. But other than that, have you got any 
approval systems? Have you done anything different for them to be able to get to work? Um, in, in terms of that side of things, not necessarily. We're very much with, with that um, sort of portion of travel that you're talking about there, Nikki, we're very much guided by the client. And what the client wants, obviously, you know, we're often sending people uh, onto client sites. So the kind of health and safety regulations around the client site would apply, you know, in terms of COVID and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not something that we've necessarily seen uh, from our side or implemented from our side in terms of approval. I think more generally, um, you know, I've traveled myself um, <clears throat> quite a lot recently. It does feel different to how it was before. I think, you know, you've obviously had a, a huge sort of staff um, decimation across the whole industry. Really, people, you know, have really come out of the industry. And, and and you kind of, you know, from my position, you think about that in the TMC world, but you maybe not don't think about it in the baggage handler world or in the, you know, in the in the airport world or in the check in staff and all the rest of it. I mean, I remember somebody telling me that they they're a, a bit sort of you know they obviously a bit of a plane spotter so to speak but they were sitting <laughs> sitting in the lounge at emirates at manchester airport watching the 380 come in um and if you sit at manchester airport, you can actually see it come in and you see it park up and it was an hour to open the doors to get the bags off from when the plane got on to stand yeah. um which is that's a long time and obviously that's because of the fact that you know, there's just simply a shortage of staff there. So I think you feel that when you travel as well. You feel it when you go through security. Um, you know, I feel I feel that the security staff are, are quite often quite stressed out as well. You know, the one thing about Manchester, I always feel shouted at when I go through security at Manchester. I always feel that they're just like, you know, they're kind of really on your case a little bit. Um, regimented, aren't they? Yeah, they're very much. To, but they're trying to be a bit more regimented and, and efficient. But sometimes that takes the personality yeah. out. Yeah. So stressful is how I'd sum up travel experience at the minute. A little bit stressful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I totally agree with you. I first travelled um, after the pandemic about four or five months ago and I went to Houston and it was we actually documented it because it was a whole catalogue of things that we hadn't thought about. At the time, it was still COVID tests. So that in itself was stressful. Yeah. Didn't come through until probably two hours before we actually needed to check in. Yeah, yeah. They were so busy. Then um, at check-in, and I think this is still the case, talking to airlines and airports, as you just um, referred to, when I checked in, there was a new person sort of doing the check-in process. Then there was a more experienced person standing trying to teach them, running between all of the desks. So that whole experience took a bit longer. Security mm. was the same. Um, and then when I tried to pay for something, my business corporate card didn't work because I hadn't used it for three years and hadn't even thought about perhaps making sure that that's OK. So I had to quickly get onto finance and get that sorted. Yeah, so, of course, you wouldn't think about yeah. that, would you? Yeah. No, it's a whole it's a whole plethora of things that we have to help educate our clients on. Um, I recently actually was talking to a guy from Heathrow Airport, one of the operations um, guys there not not job I would have particularly relished but no. he's been very busy but he was saying that they've got a double-edged sword really because they've got this recruitment issue to get people in and then they have to really wait a good eight to ten weeks to get them airside passes cleared so as much as they can train them more quickly and get them landside and help in to get them airside they have to go through so many checks and the people that do those checks are short-staffed. 
it's all taking a bit longer. Yeah. So I think Heathrow have just announced, actually, that they're taking their passenger caps off. So I think it will be interesting to see how that impacts and whether they have actually been able to get those efficiencies to handle those. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that, that's really interesting. I mean, we had a, an issue with one of our sort of VIPs with that, that was, you know, and you wouldn't even think it was directly impacted by the passenger caps. But obviously, I think BA had to sort of. Um, cut a load of their, uh, their, their obviously their flights and um, one of our senior execs was on an Aer Lingus flight coming back from um, coming oh sorry yeah it was an Aer Lingus flight coming back from the States but then from Dublin yeah. to Manchester it was a BA code share and uh, I think BA had basically updated all of their systems but hadn't updated their code share system so when the guy got to the airport there was no flight there at all for him and um, I mean, that's another knock on effect, like you say, of the staffing issues. It's kind of well, the staffing issues means there's, there's then uh, obviously um, aircraft, you know, the, the numbers reduce and then obviously it has a knock on effect like that. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. Just sort of taking that example, actually, it's a very good example of disruption. How do you think how, how do you NES help your travellers um, through those kind of things? And how can we as a TMC help you? manage that kind of disruption to make sure those travellers are um, secure and know that they've got the support? That's really interesting because I've actually got a call with all of my uh, regional travel managers today at 12 o'clock on this very issue because one of the things that's come up recently is there have been things, I think particularly as things have really started to get busy again, there have been more and more things that have gone wrong Mm. and the perception actually is always on the TMC. Yeah. Um, within my business, anyway, I don't know about anyone else's business, but certainly within our business, it's oh, ATP, I've done this again or whatever, you know. And it and it's not always the case. And one of the big things that I'm pushing through in a PR way at my uh, at the moment is to say to people, you know, you've got to get the perception right because the whole supply chain is is not quite as it is. So we've actually got a call on that right now. I think I think it, I think what we need to sort of educate in our business is look, expect things to go wrong things will go wrong but then how do we support you as our traveler when they do go wrong um and i think you know i i always say to to my account managers you know i think honesty is always paramount you know if something's gone wrong we need to be honest about what the problem is i think that's the most important thing that's how you can support us because obviously any kind of time that there is an issue if it's an honest answer then we can we can work with that you know um I think being available um, 24-7, having somebody that, that is there and, and reachable, I mean, that's a given, obviously. Um, yeah. But I think being proactive in information as well and, and having a good, you know, I always think the communication is, is the most important thing in any business, but particularly right now with, with that kind of thing, if you've got information, then share it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think as well, that's something we're finding is that out of hours or actually disruption, every booking flight booking let's take for instance um that we do we probably would have had three touches per flight booking for the trip now it the the average now is around six or seven so that's quite a lot and a lot of that is during trip so one of the things that our app is actually a during trip app not necessarily a pre-trip app or a booking app but it's a during trip app so you can look and see um where you're going what's happening there get alerts um the other things that we're trying to do and i don't know if this might be useful with your teams in the future jamie is 
we're looking at being where our travellers are. So things have changed and a lot of travellers or corporates work either within Teams or Google Slack or things like that. And WhatsApp, they don't necessarily work on email in an instant way. Everyone's got too many in emails for them to be a, a form of urgent communication. Absolutely, so yeah. Obviously, you can pick up the phone and that's that's yeah. given, like you say. But um, WhatsApp is something else that we're trying to um, promote more. So if a traveller does have that, they, they land at Dublin, for instance, and they're onwards cancelled. Nobody knew about it, which unfortunately is more normal these days. Um, they could go into WhatsApp and talk to the team and say, can you help me and get a more instant response? So I think those kind of things and working with the TMC on being where your travellers are particularly, where they're working, if they're sitting at an airport working on Teams chat or Google chat, Slack, then that's helpful, hopefully. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, no, I do. And I think I think the, the thing that we... We, we were talking about this and like I say, I've got a call on this actually today. So it's really kind of topical for me. But we, the, the key thing with that is that what tends to happen is when a traveller gets stuck um, from NES, whether it be a staff member or, or when something goes wrong with a traveller's trip, whether it be a staff member, a contractor, whoever, the first thing they think to do is call one of us. They don't think to call or contact you. And actually, all we're going to do is call or contact you. Yeah. So having that open communication directly to our to, to ATPI would be, is really important. But I think the problem in the past, like you say, has been, you know, it, it, particularly with contractors where we're managing the process, because obviously a lot of our contractor travel is billable and we want to make sure that policies have been applied and we can get everything paid and so on. I think key thing for us, we manage that. So what will happen is a, a traveller will be will pull up the last email that he had his confirmation on, look and see how oh, Jamie sent me this confirmation. I'll ring Jamie <laughs> rather than actually looking at the confirmation within and going, oh, ATPI, I need to call ATPI. Um, so I think any way that a TMC can be more available to the end user is um, is definitely a positive. Excellent. Good. And are you doing any, um, I know you talked about the call you've got today. And so from that, will your team globally be going out and doing things like education sessions on how to prepare for travel better? Um, we put a few of our social media white papers or recommendations out probably a few months ago now are you continuing to do that to help travelers because i still think and what we see um travelers that are still traveling for the first time since the pandemic it's not that everybody's now traveled and know that they have to prepare better so are you still communicating that message uh, we are, yeah. I mean, since the start of the pandemic, we, uh, well, during the pandemic, we we opened up uh, a page, an area on our internet site for travel um, in the support section, which is kind of where people can go. We update that on a regular basis. You know, it's basically a news site where we, we put things on. We put information about ATPI, about how to request travel, online booking tools. Uh, we do monthly newsletters on there, you know, taking information from the industry and collating it. Um but actually, I think it's more about being available to the traveller when they travel. You, you're talking there, Nikki, about a first-time traveller. Um, 
well, if the first time, I mean, I've, we've had a few of them recently where people are going away for the first time since the pandemic or the first time ever in a lot of cases. And the first thing they do is is ring one of us up and say, can you talk me through this? Because I really don't know what I'm doing. And obviously I've heard all this stuff on breakfast television about how I need this and how I need that. And, you know, I just need somebody to walk me through it. So we sort of one thing that I am doing with the regional managers in particular and, and is saying you've got to we have obviously hub offices. So they're kind of in our key locations across uh, across the globe. But we also have satellite offices. So I'm trying to get my managers now into satellite offices. Right. Like places like Oman, for example, where the regional travel managers based in Dubai, we want to get them out into Oman and Qatar, you know, just to sort of be a presence for travel, because I think people it makes people feel better. It's, oh, here's someone from travel. I can talk to them. I can you know, tell them about the issues I've had with my contractors. They can help me out. But also I've got to do this trip. I'm a bit nervous and and so on. So, you know, I think I think getting us as the travel team around into satellite offices is something I'm very much looking at as well. Yeah, brilliant. Good. Um, it's interesting you say about the media. I, think I, I referred to at the beginning how the media has not particularly given travel a great press. And I think business travel, we're a bit of a best kept secret. Nobody really talked about business travel. But as soon as started to impact on people's holidays, that was a whole different ball game, and the media hype around that. And in some ways, I think actually that helped us because it made people more aware um, because it was what we'd all been going through for people that had travellers through the pandemic for the last two years. And mm. suddenly it's like, wow, look at this thing that's just happened. Well, actually, you know, we've all been dealing with this for two years. So I think that does help us. Um, but it's literally just during peak times of leisure travel. One of the other things I think talking to people that has happened is people are still doing what we're finding these trip of a lifetimes post pandemic. Oh, so yeah. this, I mean, I've got one coming up in December. So yeah. a, a trip to South America. Now, I think people are still doing that. And therefore, you may be as a business traveller at Heathrow, whereas on a Monday morning at seven o'clock, 95% of people would have been business travellers, well-oiled machine, getting through. Nowadays, you get there, you have a family of with four children in front of you, playing up, one's playing up, one's still got his water bottle, one wants a wee, and then you're just sort of following those people through. So I think there's also, that is still slowing travel down at an airport and things like that. And I, I had that a conversation with somebody from both Manchester and Heathrow Airport recently that they're they're still seeing that so I think although next year I'm not sure we'll be back to where we were before the pandemic I think we will start to see things settle I think everybody talks about getting back to normal my view is it's not going to go back to 2019 if that was the normal for a very long time however we will all begin to be able to deal with it in the new way that things work, which is um, yeah. going to help us, I think. I, I think, you know, you talked about the new normal there. I think, you know, 2020, it does seem like a long time ago now, doesn't it? And yeah. if you think about how you felt in 2020, I was looking at some things going back, you know, sort of this time in 2020. And it was all like we're going into lockdown phase two and all this kind of stuff. You know, travel felt a million miles away then, didn't it? Or you'd never get another holiday or you'd never get another business trip again. So 
I think like my question to you, Nicky, was going to be, do you think that this current disruption will continue into 2023? And I think you've kind of answered that there. Um, but I, I, I think as well, I think people are very quick to move on. Um, and the pandemic was two years ago. And, and uh, you know, you know, we, we reminisce now, don't we, about words like, you know, bubble and yeah. things like that, you know. So it's it's a, it's it seems to be a long time. I think people move on quick. You know, what do you think? That, what do you think 2023 will look like for travel, Nikki? So I think um, I mean, I think towards the end of this year I think Christmas people's work-life balance people value more their work-life balance so I think towards Christmas we had got to a state in travel pre-pandemic where actually peaks and troughs were not as much not happening you know 10 years ago we could say it's the summer holidays in in France it's going to be quiet it's a holiday here it's going to be quiet and then pre-pandemic we got to a very level um period where you didn't really have those peaks and troughs I think they will come back right that Christmas um I think that you know school holidays in each country globally as of course it's different times but I think now what we're seeing is there are definite peaks and troughs around that um I think that travel I mean at the moment we're, we're above 2019 volumes there's all this pent-up demand and yeah, we're yeah. above those volumes which is fantastic I think they'll level out um and that we will begin to see as I say people getting more used to the way that they have to prepare and how long they have to be at the airport in advance hopefully the airports will see these um, people come on and to bring them in to get more staff available that are trained and I think We'll meet somewhere in the middle. We're not going to be as efficient and as we were 2019, but I do think things will start to stabilise. And as travellers get more used to travelling, I will never travel again and not have my credit card working. I, you know, there's things like that. Lesson that learned, yeah. Yeah, lesson there, learned yeah. And, and back, yeah. back to sort of what, remembering how to travel, really. Um, well, you worried me then about... Um about we're saying about Christmas is going to be a peak because I'm going to be 15th of December I'm going to be out to Australia so that's going to be interesting with two children trying to get through Manchester Frankfurt Singapore airport that's going to be that's going to be really interesting isn't it yeah, yeah. so what are you going to do to prepare for your personal trip a bit more than you normally would I don't know. Well, my daughter needs a new passport. And I was thinking about oh. that the other day because, well, it, she doesn't. Her passport's up in May 23, but Singapore needs six months. So we've got to get her a new passport. And we were talking about this the other day. It's now, what, the 14th of October. We're leaving literally the 15th of December. That's two months. We're going to have to do something quite quick to get her a passport with, yeah. you know, I think things have quietened down a bit at the passport office. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to risk it, do you? No, um, absolutely not. And so if you have to go and have an appointment there, it's new. 200 pounds these days yeah so be prepared yeah. definitely well that's the credit card taking a hit then isn't it I better make sure that's working hadn't I like you <laughs> like you there um absolutely yeah and I, I think really just um I think the other thing I would do more to prepare something that we've not really th I would never normally do this but like when I was at Manchester airport in the summer for the family holiday you couldn't get a seat you couldn't sit down. You couldn't get in any cafe. You had to queue for ages to get in a restaurant or anything. So, I, you know, funnily enough, I think we'll probably take a, an airport picnic, which is not something we've done before. Um, a few sandwiches yeah. and stuff like that, just because you're going to be, you know, you, you don't know, do you? That's the sort of preparation I would do a little bit more. 
as well you know doing that kind of thing you know with with children in particular i've got one teenager and one 10 year old and they eat me out of house and home at the best of times so you know i just need to have plenty of food on me i think so i can keep them topped up good plan great plan (laughs) and i think for business travelers that's um that's actually a really good tip is that maybe you're on a ticket or don't have a card that gives you a lounge access Maybe yeah. what we need to be doing is working with our, our business travellers to make sure that we give them the opportunity to buy those lounge passes in advance. So that Have they you tried are... to book a lounge, though, Nikki? And uh, Booking a lounge is, is hard enough. I mean, you need to be months in advance to do that. You do. Yeah. You absolutely do. And yeah. being prepared again, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Being a good Boy Scout, I suppose. That's what I need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And. Um, just one thing um, before we finish, Jamie, you referred back to looking at the tickets and looking at, you know, how much is my ticket going to cost? Are you having any conversations about cost with the business? Because there's no secret around the fact that, you know, airline tickets and hotel rooms, the prices have gone up. Yes, we are. It's something that came up in our last review, actually, and something that we, we're we doing some PR with the business right now. Yeah. Um I think airline tickets have gone up 48.5%. I think yeah. it was some 48, 49%, something like that yeah. in terms of 2021 to 2022, which naturally, obviously, you know, they were trying to stimulate demand in 2021. Uh, and obviously demand is outstripping supply in 2022. But also, you you know, I think we think a lot about um, the cost of things in our own lives, but we don't necessarily think about it in business, tra- in, in business travel in particular. Um, absolutely. Yeah. The, so w- we are talking about that. Hotel costs have gone up hugely as well. Um, ATP have been pretty good, actually, um, in terms of our costs that, that you know, and, and we've, we've got some data on that that we're sharing. We're under the average in terms of our cost increases, which is great. Brilliant. Well under the average, actually, and, and even down in some short haul stuff, which is fantastic. Um, and where it's long haul increases, we've, we've got explanations as to why. I think the key message there as well we're talking about is to get um, people thinking more about travel, traveling maybe for longer, staying longer in places, maybe not going, you know, maybe trying to, you know, particularly the sales team, for example, trying to collate two or three client visits in one week rather than doing one visit one week and then one visit the next and so on. And of course, the other thing that drives that that we, we use within the business to drive that is our ESG policy, you know, and trying to reduce our carbon footprint. You know, I think I think we have been a uh, well, we're a workforce solutions provider largely to the energy industry and the oil and gas industry. And, and we're we're really, you know, keen to to, to, to get into the renewable space now and, and work there as well. Um, but we have to practice what we preach. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have to do that. So, you know, we've used uh, we've used ATPI Halo as well to offset a lot of our carbon carbon emissions. And that's been really good because we've been able to to do two things we've been able to get close to projects that we have an interest in commercially obviously but also we've been able to get close to projects that we have a vested interest in within our esg Um, the last one that we did for example was um cook stoves within india and trying to get better cook stoves there that was very important to us brilliant good i think that's um that's perhaps a whole new podcast on another day that subject probably yes that's (laughs) probably a subject for itself isn't it that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's been great talking to you and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks very much for having me, Nikki. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.